0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Glorify Treasure Spread, and this is yet another installment in this special series where I'm interviewing various church members who were willing to read an article that I passed along to them and to join me for a conversation about the themes of that article, not just to unpack what the article said, but especially to apply to Grace Church the the things that are consistent with God's Word underneath the theme of that article. So to that end, I am joined today my brother Jesse Baker. Jesse, thanks so much for joining me. This is definitely a big theme. It could take many, many episodes to unpack, so we're under no delusion. We're going to exhaust the bucket, but the theme of today's episode is Protect Sound Doctrine, and Jesse read an article that was written by Pastor Jamie Owens. And Jamie is the senior pastor of Tremont Temple Baptist Church in Boston, Massachusetts. It's actually one of the oldest congregations in the United States. And uh, Jamie's a good brother, a faithful pastor. And in this article, Protect Sound Doctrine, um, he lays out a number of things. But just to get um, kind of the main idea on the table, what's Jesse after in this article What's Jamie after in this article, Jesse? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so I kind of, you know, came up with my own little summary of it. And I think what he's kind of pointing us towards um, is that a healthy, God-fearing church requires all of its members to proactively participate in protecting the preaching, teaching, and practice uh, is what he kind of spells out there of sound doctrine from the pulpit and in our daily lives. Mm. Um, and he kind of lays out uh, kind of a why. And and so the why that I found in this particular article was that uh, sound doctrine really is what makes the church the church, the big C church. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, my my own uh, reflection on it is just that without sound doctrine, basically, we're just a country club, a, a really yeah. expensive one, uh, potentially, <laughs> given the sacrificial giving that God calls us to. Uh, But we're just a really expensive country club where we try to act nice so that other people like and validate us. Uh, Mm. You know, and it kind of reminds me of what Tim Keller talks about as the moralistic, therapeutic deism type concept, right? Just a bunch of people sitting around, talking nice to each other so that we can each pat each other on the back. Um, And that sound doctrine is what keeps us from becoming that. It keeps us rooted in God's word, the most important thing, Um, I think, as you were praying, you know, John 17, uh, God does not leave us to figure out what truth is. He tells us what truth is, and then he helps us kind of figure out how best to uh, apply it to our lives. And that's the point of the article. That's It talks about how to do that.
0: Yep. Well said. Good summary. A lot of themes in there that I'd like to pull on. But before I do, what are one or two things that stood out to you personally most from the article? Um, I think—
1: you know he leads off right in the beginning with the quote from uh, Third John one three through four and he and he talks about uh, walking and he walking in the truth and what walking looks like. Um, but one of the big themes to me in that was that phrase uh, there in the in the very middle of it, um, walking in the truth, and, and then talking about what the truth is. I think you know today especially uh, we live in a time where. Uh, subjective in a way. Uh, and and the verse even says um, something to the effect of like, I rejoice to hear you walking in your truth. And then it clarifies walking in the truth. And the, the idea of your truth today has become uh, very subjective, very dangerous for the church, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I really appreciate it. How he talks about how to focus in on God's truth and how the church can do that in such a way that it makes it alive in all of our lives uh, and actually changes us to be more like Christ um, as opposed to just, uh, you know, allowing us to, to dig down deep within ourselves and uh, only chase after those things that make us feel good about
0: ourselves. Yeah, man. Well, that reminds me of an old you know, kind of adage I used to repeat often. I need to dust it off and, and use it again, pull it out of the repertoire. But uh, I, I used to say uh, on repeat <laughs> at GC, uh good news we we don't care what you think. Better news <laughs> <laughs> better news we don't care what we think. <laughs> what Amen. does God think? And yeah. yeah, we do live in this very uh every age has had it. There are no new lies, but every yep. this very subjective age kind of your truth, my truth, you know, relativistic truth, subjective truth. If it feels right, it must be true or if it works, it must be good. Um yep. but thankfully God has given us an objective source of truth outside of ourselves, in His Word, in His Son. Um, yeah, let's just go into that theme a, a little further.
1: That That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, you know, it, one of the things that comes to mind in that is that because God tells us what His truth is, it frees us from having to figure it out on our own, mm-hmm. which I, I personally think is hugely uh, freeing. You know, it, it just takes a lot of the, the uh, pressure off of me to to individually come up with what I think my truth is based off of my set of experiences so I think what uh, Jamie would articulate through the course of this article and he, he talks about four different points um, that we'll get to but uh, th- the short answer is no um, it's not on me alone it is a communal responsibility for the body of Christ a couple weeks ago uh, maybe even a couple months ago I um, uh, you, you preached a sermon there at Grace Church on uh, Philippians 2, 12 through 13, working out our salvation. And this the simple answer is it is on all of us together as the body of Christ. Uh, it's yeah. not on you. It's not on me. It's not on the elders. It is on every single member uh, of Grace Church together to corporately work out our salvation to protect sound doctrine, not only in our own minds and for ourselves, but for everyone else there at Grace Church as well. So we should feel a shared responsibility to uh, protect each other. And and I think we see that uh, unlike any other church that I've been a part of, um, I see that at Grace Church with, uh, you know, Corporate worship and getting together on Sunday nights to talk about the, the message that was preached, uh, though COVID has made that challenging for a while, mm. on discipline in the church and holding each other accountable, on getting into each other's lives uh, through the grace groups and, and everything else. But, uh, but to, to, again, answer your question, absolutely not. The responsibility is not on just me. Mm. or just you uh, as the pastor, or just any one individual. It's on all of us together. Individually, we're going to fail.
0: It makes me think of the fact that so many books of the New Testament were written not to individual Christians, not even to the pastors, but written to Mm. the entire congregation. So you have epistles after epistle after epistle. and, And that in and of itself infers that the whole congregation is responsible to receive, absorb, apply, and protect the the truth that that has been once for all delivered to the saints. Okay. So to that end, you mentioned there are four things he touches. You've you've hit on some of those. Can you just specify what those four are? Yeah.
1: The summary of the article, uh, you know, he kind of talks about what sound doctrine is at the very beginning of it and why it's important. And then he has four points on how to protect sound doctrine. The first point, Uh, is prioritize hearing it. Um, So seek it out. Don't crowd it out with other good things. Again, kind of back to what you're talking about there in the the Philippians 2 sermon is, you know, don't chase after your favorite pundit to fill your ears with whatever it is you want to hear. Stay plugged into the church and where you're going to hear sound doctrine. And that should be from the pulpit and from uh, the other members of your local congregation. Uh, To that end, point number two is show up. Uh, You can't hear it if you're not there. Um, and, and I know it's been hard with COVID and work schedules and everything else. I mean, I was talking to, uh, Brian Smith the other day and we were having a conversation about how often I've been at church with my work schedule. Uh, he, he asked how I was doing and I was like, oh yeah, I was doing great. And then he pulled out, you know, the handy spreadsheet that great or spreadsheet that Grace Church has. And he's like, you've been at 40% of services in person. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> okay. That's uh you know, so to have somebody hold you accountable like that, you got to show up and it's, it's good to listen to it on podcasts and it's great. And I really appreciate, uh, you know, all the other sound guys that put it together. But you got to be there in the building rubbing shoulders with the other members to really hear it. So that came as a good check to me. So uh, prioritize hearing it was number one. Show up was number two. Number three was uh, faithful elders who share in the preaching and speak into each other's lives. Um, And that one, I think Grace Church has in spades and I'm very grateful for it. And then number four in how to protect it was have uh, and this is kind of what the answer to your, your original question was was have engaged trained church members who faithfully question and sharpen the preaching mm-hmm. um, and that is that is huge um, to have members at Grace church who whether on the realm or uh, you know in texts or on those Sunday night sessions where we got together and you know spent 15 to 20 to 30 minutes talking about the sermon to have people um, plugged in and engaged uh, and familiar enough with their own Bibles to know uh, what the truth is to be able to have those conversations together and and work through some of that stuff so that it, it just doesn't leave us sitting there taking
0: notes seriously on a Sunday morning and then going about our daily lives. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to a couple of things that you said. Uh, yeah. First is about your own church attendance, true or false. Your 40 percent attendance means that 60% of the time you just thought, oh, I'm a little tired, so I'm going to sleep in and I'm not going to church. Is that why your attendance is so abysmal? You delinquent <laughs> right? church member. Is that I know, why? Right?
1: Uh, no, no. Uh, so I, I have uh, what I will happily call, at least for myself, a good excuse, whether that's true or not, uh, but it is what it is. So no, I travel for work. Uh, I fly around the world a lot. And so my my 60% typically is sitting in some other country, uh, like I'm doing at this particular moment in time. Uh, and, and then, you know, I'm sure there's some, uh, going to visit family thrown in there and there's some camping with the boy, uh, you know, on, on boy scout stuff. So there's a thousand different things that get in the way of life, uh, as you are well aware. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, I think it is resolving in your mind to make it a priority and being there as much as you possibly yeah. can. And that's a conversation that, you know, Kelly and yeah. I've had, uh, and that everyone has to work through for themselves.
0: Yep. Amen. But you're not just sleeping in on Sundays. You are traveling for no, work. And I will put that in the category of legitimate. <laughs> we, live a, we live in a world where it's a good thing to work. That predates the fall. And sometimes there are yep. occupations that, that call yep. on us, even, even on the Lord's Day. And again, everybody's got to work through that. But let me ask this. I think I could predict it, but I'm going to ask you. Even when you're out of country, on travel, doing work, um, when you're not in the air, when you when it is accessible, are you listening live to Sunday's service sermon?
1: Yes, as much hey, as I can. Yep, yeah, that's that's yeah. the goal. Yeah,
0: that's the understand goal it's not always, it always available. I assumed yep. that, that was the case, but yeah. part of the reason I'm asking you that was not just a, for the, whoever's listening to this podcast. It may just be me and Jesse, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but the reason asking, the reason I'm asking that is because you have done your God-given best to prioritize what well, I think you said was number two, be there, show up. Yeah. Yep. So when you're physically able, you've already made the decision. You're not deciding yes. on Sunday morning if you're too tired. And sure. then when you're physically elsewhere, because you're not omnipresent, you do your best to, to dial in and, and yeah. be actively engaged with the body. Yeah. Okay. The second thing I want to circle back to is I think, you, I think it was number four when you're talking about the, the church basically – being what I would call good expository listeners. So you're, yes. you're training your ear to listen to the truth, not just to grill the preacher. Now, you know, I shudder to think what the <laughs> com- conversations are like around lunch tables on Sunday uh, from, from Grace Church. I don't want to know, but, right. uh, but good expository listening allows someone, it's it's training your ear to hear yeah. the truth. Okay. Just want to touch on that briefly for a moment and, and get some thoughts from you as well. Um, you know, Paul's beautiful exhortation or, or admit encouragement about the Bereans. Uh, they were more noble than the others because they searched the scriptures to see if these things were so. And if the apostle commended them for that, then who are we to um, to to not appreciate? when others listen so carefully, so distinctly, not only to critique, but when, not if, a uh, an unclear statement is made yep. that touches on core doctrine, or yep. or even when an aberrant statement is made <laughs> that, sure. that goes against sound doctrine, it is a healthy mark of a congregation to be able to graciously identify that as inconsistent with the truth and help one another, including the pastors, walk in truth. So I appreciate that. I'm so thankful that we are part of a congregation that regularly enhances my own devotion to the truth. And I have benefited from that in more ways than this podcast would allow me to describe. I can
1: say like within my family, we talk about um, the sermon and and what we we hear on Sunday morning and particularly with the kids to try to explain it to them right so we've tried to incorporate that as part of our uh, drive home routine. You Love know, talking it. about the the sermon with the kids. Um, and it's really interesting to hear uh, what an 11 year old boy takes away from a sermon, uh, and and what uh, you know my daughter who's 15 would take away from it as well, and those those things that register on their consciousness uh, as they as they take notes uh, mm-hmm. and try to stay attentive during church. Um, you know, I know that uh, well. I, I can say that uh, there's you know one other brother at church that I've started meeting with um, uh, every other week just to kind of share life with, uh, and hold each other accountable. And uh, those topics come up in there as well. And so the last mm-hmm. time that was, was was probably last week, I want to say. So it's uh, episodic uh, mm-hmm. at best. But, um, you know, I, I I think that's one of the, the things that's that I've seen most um, positively in the last couple months, uh, at least for me personally, is just the number of opportunities that have popped up to get together with other brothers and sisters of Grace Church and talk about that. So, you know, it started sure. off with Grace Group and Grace Group was great, but it was organized by the church largely. You know, you're placed in your Grace Group and you get together with those people. But uh, whether it is uh, prayer at the Lancasters or getting together on Tuesday morning with some of the other guys to, to go through a book uh, on being a, a good husband um, sure. or whether it's meeting with an elder uh, in a discipleship venue or an accountability group, there's been a lot of opportunities lately that have just kind of presented themselves to Amen. get together with members of Grace Church throughout the week uh, to, to do exactly what you're talking about. Amen. Um, and so I've been really encouraged by that, that it's not just a, a show up on a Sunday morning type of thing. And that's, that's kind of the, the, the last main point. It wasn't one of his numbered uh, ways to protect sound doctrine, but at the very end of the article... Um, Jamie writes about doctrines, not enough. Uh, and he, he basically sent, provides a warning, um, to the congregation, to the church. Uh, and, and I'll just read it because it's, uh, you know, he says it very well, I think, but he says, uh, finally churches may be filled with sound doctrine from pastor to pew. We can guard orthodoxy with steely resolve, but if we don't apply sound doctrine to our lives and to help each other to do so, it's only a matter of time before the truth among us will be a casualty. Um, And that's kind of where I think, you know, you talked about um, listening well and start struggling with the ideas in your mind and being able to ask a question. Um, And and I think it's important not just for the is the pastor saying the right things is he is. Is he expositing the scripture well? But it's also because, you know, true understanding and learning doesn't really come until you wrestle with it. Right. You can you can sit there and take notes and uh, mentally ascend to any of these things, uh, but until you've really kind of wrestled through it and understand it um, and and truly kind of know the ins and outs uh, of a particular part of the doctrine, um, it's really, really hard to apply it to your life and yep. then to go out into the culture and be confronted with something that sounds so close to truth and yet is just a degree off um, to really be able to look at, to, to have that level of uh, understanding of of God's truth. Um, mm. And so that to me, I think, is is ultimately the point of all of this, right? It's uh, to live out your life in front of the culture so that they see God's truth through you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when
0: you talked about the Sunday ride home with the kids and all the other glorious interpersonal relationships, the Lord's given you a brothers at, at Grace Church where you guys are steeping your souls in the truth and trying to get your mind around it so that you can live in in light of it, I have found that the most perplexing doctrinal conversations I ever have are with my kids. <laughs> I mean, they right they Why? ask legit <laughs> questions, and yeah. you know, you realize, wait a minute, Dad's got to go back to one hundred and one and and try to dust up on uh, brush up on my on my own biblical theology to be able to yep. work this out with them. That they, they ask so such good questions and. Uh, I think oftentimes have really keen insight into truth. Well, um, <clears throat> one other, one other thought, and then I'm going to have you close this in prayer. Uh, the thought of the Lord Jesus is the embodiment of the truth. The fact that mm. John tells us he is full of grace and full of truth, or as we'll soon see in our gospel of John series and that familiar chapter 14, he is the way, the truth and the life and uh, truth is revealed objectively, clearly, uh, perfectly, inerrantly in Scripture and also embodied in God's Son, the word incarnate. And uh, I'm so thankful that as we walk the Christian life, A, we don't, we're not called to do that alone. We don't have to support the truth all by ourselves. be a pillar and a buttress of the truth. The local church is that. But together, walking with Christ in community with his people, I'm so thankful that you and Kelly have been increasingly uh, examples of that in our congregation. And I know, like me, you probably feel painfully aware of how far you know you have to go. But the good news (laughs) is God's not finished with you, brother. And uh, he's growing you and he's doing it through precisely what you've been talking about uh subjecting yourself to the truth of his word through the ordinary means of grace in context with a local church so thank you for that brother anything you want to add before i ask you to close us in prayer uh
1: you know the only other thing i would add is um thank you for the opportunity uh you know it's Again, it's one of those things where I've, I've seen some of these articles before, uh, you know, uh, Kelly is, is really excited to TGC um, and some of the other stuff that they produce. And, and being a very good, um, you know, consumer and reader and understander and, and she pushes a lot of stuff uh, my way. And so I've read some of these before. But again, I come back to it's one thing to like skim it, read it uh, in this article only take you like five minutes to do so. But that's it's another thing altogether to like try to break it down and figure out exactly what it's saying and wrestle with it. Yeah. And so that opportunity has been very good for me in this particular uh, topic. And, and I would encourage other people to to take advantage of it as well. But um, from whatever
0: motivated you to go about
1: doing this, thank you. So right. uh, welcome to the
0: club, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, I don't know if you can say where you're at. I don't know what security is or whatever, but tell me, oh, yeah. no, I'm, no. I'm going to say you can say where you're at. Don't, don't totally say it good. yet. Yeah, yeah. Don't say it yet. Don't say it yet. Unless you just right. did. Did you? No, nope, not yet. No, okay. All right. So it's three thirty p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon in Memphis, yes. Tennessee. Yes. What time and day is it where you're at?
1: It is five thirty a.m. on Wednesday, June second.
0: Okay. So I'm gonna give everybody about three seconds to figure out where you think Jesse Baker is, and in Jesse will tell us in three, two. One, where are you, brother? I am calling you today from Osaka, Japan. <laughs> the time to do this halfway around the world. It's been a blessing, yeah. and I really appreciate it. Close us in prayer. Pray that sure. God would make Grace Church a truth-saturated people. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Father, God, thank you for, um, for what you were doing in the lives of the members of Grace Church. Uh, God, thank you for bringing Kelly and I to a church that's so... Um, desires to know your word and your will that put such a high priority and emphasis on uh, your truth, sound doctrine, um, not not our own fabrication of whatever we think truth should be. God, thank you that you have not left us uh, in the cave with the shadows to figure out for ourselves what we think everything is, but that you have given us your word, that you have provided it t- to us clearly uh, without secret, without um, Without any type of question uh, as to um, who you are or why you bothered to write down uh, your word, why you gave us your son. I thank you for uh, revealing to us all through your word uh, why we are here on this earth uh, to glorify you and for providing uh, an example of what it looks like to live that out through your son, Jesus Christ. For giving us your Holy Spirit to reveal uh, within our lives and within our within our souls uh your truth to us that we don't have to figure it out on our own God that um, as your word tells us that that you open our minds to your truth through the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives, God through the local church for grace church, I pray that you would continue to sharpen all of us together communally um, corporately so that we can bring uh, your truth to Memphis and the surrounding area. God for um, for all those things that you are already doing in Grace Church like uh, Pastor Jamie talked about in this article, pray that you would continue to do them. God do um, John 3 or third John in, in our church that we would walk out your truth, that mm-hmm. we would not seek our own, but that we would walk out your truth of the gospel in in our lives and together as the body of Grace Church to bless the community of Memphis uh, with the knowledge of you and your
0: son, Jesus Christ. I pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, brother.